Here we go. We are officially live here in the sit down. Welcome in, guys. This is the sit down presented by Duff's Famous Wings, hosted by myself, the Sauce God at Buffalo Sauce God across all social media platforms, and co hosted by my guy, the president of Built to Buffalo and the co host of the Buffalo Blitz, the Mafia Montage at Lance Nelson BIB. How are you doing this evening, my friend? I do. I we're uh gonna watch some Bills football at the stadium tomorrow. That's not against anybody, but I'm pretty dang excited. Yeah, we've got a killer show packed for you guys. Uh, let's go through that real fast. Before you do anything else, though, guys, if you're just not tuning in, do me a favor. Hit that like and share. Join us in the comments because comments with Super Chat on YouTube or Facebook stars on Facebook are going to be heavily prioritized. So if you're actually watching on Twitter, do me a quick favor. Go to our YouTube channel and then make sure to subscribe to us so you don't ever miss any of the content from Built in Buffalo. And from that point, you can join us here in the chat. And if Bill's Mafia, you want to get your comments seen on this show or you have a question you want answered, this is the way to do it. So we're going to talk a little bit about what we got coming up here in this week's show. We've got is Gabe Davis on the verge of a breakout season. The slot receiver battle that is currently going on and there are expectations that are aligned with Deontay Hardy as well. Josh Allen taking his lumps in August. Vaughn Miller's return, as well as the return of the blue and red. We've got ourselves a killer show ahead for you guys, so don't go anywhere. Hit that like and share. Before we kick off that introduction, though, ladies and gentlemen, let's go and wish a happy 98th birthday to legendary and beloved coach Marv Levy. Happy birthday, Marv. Go Bills. Montage, let's kick off that introduction. Give me a moment to share this stream, folks, because I, like myself, like to make sure that I share this post. So if you guys haven't already done so and you're just now tuning in, you're here in the sit-down with myself, the sauce guy of the Mafia Montage. This is presented by Duff's Famous Wings here on the Built in Buffalo Network's Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. And don't forget that Built in Buffalo is also in partnership with Picasso's Pizza, PLB Sports, Ticket IQ, Wester, Underdog Fantasy, and that beloved Duff's, which we actually have a giveaway going on on our Facebook right now. Guys, check it out if you haven't already done so. Turn those notifications on so you don't miss shows like The Sit Down or The Buffalo Blitz or any of our content coming from Built in Buffalo. Because I'll tell you what, not only is it your source for Bill's news, but it's also your guys' source for entertainment. So welcome into The Sit Down, ladies and gentlemen. Let me tell you something. We're doing this new thing before we get to the segment, though. You know, we got to talk about this first. But we do have a segment coming up, which is usually at the end. But last week, we did a little bit differently. We've got all of our segments that are also ahead, like Bada Bing, Forget About It, Big Three Formation, Pain Trains, The Unsung Hero, Weakest Link, and, of course, the Mafia Montage Maniac of the Week. We've got a great show here. But let's talk Montage, 35 days to go until the NFL's first regular season game, which would be that Thursday night with the Chiefs versus the Lions. What do you think about this countdown? We're in the 30s. Yeah, bro, that's like five weeks. Five times seven, that's 35. And we're 35 days from NFL kickoff. And tonight, you have the Hall of Fame game. And tomorrow, we have the blue and red scrimmage we'll get into. So I'm football is back, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, it's in full force. You know what I'm saying? Like, we've been going through training camp. We've obviously got in uh, a little bit out of that as well. You know, Montage and I were actually there with uh, Shoop and T last Friday, which was pretty freaking cool to uh, be there and actually get to know the fans from Built to Buffalo. And I want to say, Montage, I thought it was kind of humbling to actually have some people that were in the stands with us saying, oh, are you guys from Built to Buffalo? And they said that they love the kind of content that we do. And I don't say that to boost our egos or anything like that. I say that because I truly think that Built in Buffalo has – a level of content is just a little bit different, right? Everybody out there can talk football. Everybody can talk bills. We're passionate about it, right? But I think that we bring a level of entertainment and professionalism that makes me really proud to be associated with this brand. And uh, I know that's why Montage has been you know, so invested, and that's why he's taken over as uh, the president of Built in Buffalo, which is an awesome thing. But Montage, we want those comments to keep coming in. Guys, don't forget Super Chat and Facebook Stars are going to be prioritized. But let's go ahead and let's get into our first segment of Getting Saucy. Steve Tasker in the damn Hall of Fame. That's all I'm saying, first and foremost, right? This guy is the best special teams player not named Devin Hester of all freaking time. And the reason I say Devin Hester because, you know, he scored a lot of touchdowns, including that run back in the Super Bowl to kick off the game, right? 
But let me tell you something, right? Hall of Fame game, cool. You got the Browns, you got the Jets out there. It's going to be a little something, a little taste of football. But ladies and gentlemen of Bills Mafia, let me tell you something. We are back in full force tomorrow at the return of the Blue and Red. We've got ourselves that first preseason game against the Colts at home on the August 12th, guys. It's going to be a great time. Make sure to check out myself and Montage. We're going to be there. Bills Mafia, we want you guys to get with us. And if you're just now tuning in your live here in the sit-down on the Built the Buffalo Networks Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, this is presented by Dust Famous Wings, hosted by myself, the Sauce God, at Buffalo Sauce God, and co-hosted by my guy, the Mafia Montage, at Mafia Montage, I'm sorry, at Lance Nelson B.I.B., excuse me, folks, because he's not only the president of Built the Buffalo, but the co-host of the Buffalo Blitz with Peter DiBiase, Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Montage. Let's go ahead. This week we're going to have ourselves a little bada-bing, bada-boom coming in, right? But this is going to be a cool thing because we've got a couple of good things to talk about for this segment. I've got two things for you guys this week. So, Montage, let's go ahead. Let's kick off that video for bada-bing, bada-boom. This is the Army where you shoot them a mile away. you got to get a close like this. Bada-bing! Bada-bing! Man, shoot him on my way, gotta get up closer. Bada bing, montage. Let me say something to you. Let me, I want you to start us off here. What do you got for bada bing, bada boom, which is the good that we've seen in the world of sports this week? Let's show a little respect. Yeah, I got Jesse Pagula, uh, two straight rounds of uh, straight set victories here in the Mubadala City DC Open for the, for the women's tennis. Ooh. She's the number one rank in this tournament, and she won 6 3. 6-4 and straight sets against Peyton Stearns today. So shout out to Jesse Pagula, um, perfecting her craft and uh, being a super competitor in the women's tennis uh, space. Lost yeah, women's tennis is definitely... What do you got there, big guy? It's super duper intense, women's tennis. And I mean, it's of course cool to see, you know, um, a Pagula making it as far as she's been able to do. And, you know, she seems to just come up a little short. So let's hope that she can actually pull through and win the whole freaking thing. But this week, so actually it's a good thing that you brought that up, right? Because Kim Bagul was actually seen out at her uh, first kind of like public outing since she's been uh, ill and, and kind of hospitalized. And we didn't really know too much, obviously, of what was going on. But those mafia in the community of Western New York has around the Pagula family, which is really awesome to see. So let's get that out of the way first and foremost. But the second thing that I got for you guys here in bada bing bada boom is um I've got the fact that we've got football on tonight right it's the hall of fame game it's you know it, it's cool we got the Jets on which obviously there's a ton of hype with Aaron Rodgers I don't personally give a damn about the New Jersey Jets and whatever and you got the Cleveland Browns Deshaun Watson coming into his first full season after being suspended for all the games last year right but it's just great to have football back on and I'll tell you what it just it does something different to my overall mood, just knowing that, like, at one point I'm going to turn the TV on, and even if it's background noise, I'm going to have football on, and that makes me absolutely – like, that makes me pumped, right? So um, that's that's what I got for Bada Bing, Bada Boom. Montage, I actually had something else, but I can't seem to remember exactly what it was. Did, you, did, I, did I mention something to you before, before the show backstage about what I was talking about? You were going to talk about football being back and – you had something for forget about it, I recall, but that's all I know. So let's exactly. But let's talk next. a little bit about the fact that we got the Hall of Fame game on tonight. You know, obviously it is preseason. We don't expect to see a ton of action from the starters. I doubt we're going to see Aaron Rodgers for more than you know maybe a drive tonight because I don't think he's going to play at all. See, you don't think so? Now tell me why no, do you I think. think it, I think they announced that it was going to be uh, Sam Darnold plan. I mean, wait, no, Sam Darnold's back with the Jets. Or. Uh, Zach Wilson, sorry. Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. Okay, I was going to say, I thought Sam Darnold's. Name the, me uh, one mediocre quarterback, quarterback. I'll name you another right. one, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, I think for me, you know, if you're not going to see Aaron Rodgers play tonight, it does obviously take away a huge level of excitement. Um, I got to give some props to Sauce Gardner. You know, Sauce Gardner was actually ranked in the top 30 NFL players from the list. I think he was 23rd or 24th on NFL's top 100. And that's pretty cool to see from a second-year player. I do have a ton of respect for the kid's game. I do think he's a little more handsy than uh, some people want to say necessarily. But I think that it's just great to have football on, the Hall of Fame, you know, inductees. It's it's cool to see that. But I do get a little salty about the fact that Steve Tasker is, like, again, not being put into the Hall of Fame. Um, by the way, I do remember what that final part of Bada Bing Bada Boom was actually going to be. 
So, Montage, I know that you're not too big on the Sabres, but I'm sure that you've heard of the name Patrick Kane. Well, it's rumored that Patrick Kane, who has yet to sign with a team in free agency um, after being traded to the New York Rangers from the Chicago Blackhawks, where he spent the, you know, uh, the beginning of his career until he was recently traded to the Rangers, right? But he actually won three Stanley Cups. Some consider Patrick Kane to be the best American hockey player in the NHL. And I definitely would agree. Now, maybe not at this point because he has gotten older. He's gone through some injuries. He just recently had surgery. But it's rumored that he is interested in coming home to Buffalo. And you might be asking, home to Buffalo? Well, he's actually from Hamburg. He's a native of the Western New York area. And I know that he's had some, you know, controversies or whatever. But say what you will, this guy can play hockey. And for a team that's led by Tage Thompson – you know, Tuck, you got Cousins out there. You got Rasmus Dahlin. Just the way that this team is being shaped and the way that the team is starting to kind of win and and become competitive, um, it makes you really think that if you had Patrick Kane, even though my buddy Tyler Andrews, shout out to Tyler Andrews, said uh, we could really use a left. Or he said we need a right a right winger more than we do a left. And he's, he's an expert on hockey. But I think that it would be excellent to see Patrick Kane come back to Buffalo and help the Sabres in pursuit of winning a Stanley Cup title because as much as I want a Lombardi trophy probably more than anything else, I would say that it would be beautiful just to bring a professional sports championship. Obviously, I know we brought the lacrosse one home, but something like the NHL, one of the four major sports in North America, um, I think it would be great to see that. And I think that Patrick Kane would be a great addition regardless of his age or regardless of injuries. I think that coming back to Buffalo adds a little element of excitement to that possibility. So, that's got me saying bada bing, bada boom. And if you guys are just now tuning in and you say to yourself bada bing, bada boom, you're right here in the sit down presented by Duff's Famous Wings, hosted by myself, the Sauce God, here on the Built and Buffalo Networks Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and also hosted by my guy, the Mafia Montage. So if you're just now tuning in, like and share, don't forget to subscribe, turn those notifications on, like us, follow us, whatever it may be. If you're on Twitter, retweet this tweet, then come on over to YouTube and join us in the comments because I'll tell you what, Bill's Mafia, we're just getting started here on season two of episode three of the sit down montage. Go ahead, let's move on into our next segment of Forget About It. Forget About It. If you disagree like a Lincoln is better than a Cadillac, forget about it. tell you what's got me saying forget about it this week which is the ugly things that we see in the world of sports and yes you guys know it doesn't have to just be bills related or nfl related what is wrong with the yankees when george steinbrenner was around you know they're buying up whatever pieces they can buy up you know they're doing this they're doing that but like this trade deadline comes and passes and i saw the new york mets unload talent they unload max scherzer they unload justin verlander and like they had like a fire sale basically saying it wasn't a fire sale whatever but the yankees don't make any moves now i understand that aaron judge has been out but this team is not hitting doesn't matter dj lemayhu who has been you know we were accustomed to seeing him try to coming close to hitting 300 or at least for a decent chunk of the year he's not hitting well anthony rizzo we can't explain his slump uh, obviously Josh Donaldson is not Josh Donaldson anymore. He's like a 40 year old Josh Donaldson. We just have no hitting. So for me, it's like, how on earth can you be at this point last in the AL East, which is the first time since 1990 that we've been last at this point in this, you know, the season as late as it is, we're in August. And of course we're getting ready to hit October soon. Um, it's got me just questioning what is going on. Does Brian Cashman need to, you know, take the exit? Does Aaron Boone need to take the exit? I just don't like the way that this franchise – I don't like the direction it's going. I never really necessarily liked the hiring of Aaron Boone. I never thought that we really um, – I think that we need some more – I think a guy like Donnie Baseball, Donnie Mattingly, would actually be a great manager for the Yankees just because he played his whole career there. We need somebody with that Yankee tradition, and I think that that's what's always kind of uh, brought a little bit of an element of success for this franchise, which I, as much as I love – the Yankees, I'm more about the Bills and winning, you know, a Super Bowl. But, dude, as winning that many World Series, watching five World Series in my lifetime, it's just got me saying, Yankees, forget about it. Montage, what do you got for us this week in the segment of Forget About It? Now, I will say, though, that if you're looking at it, let me see where this is. Last time I checked, they're only like two and a half games out of the wild card. So it's not like three games out. Three games out of the wild card. Plenty of, plenty of season left, so still a chance to get in there. Once they get in, you have a Garrett Cole type who can pitch one or two games a series and make it interesting. So um, not giving up hope yet, but definitely need to turn things around. You got 99 out there um, doing his best uh, to pull pull things out now. He's got um, 
you know, his swing back a little bit. Saw him hit a couple home runs since he's returned. So I'm not uh, too far down on him yet. They, they got a little bit of ways. Baseball is hard because there's so many dang games, you know. And all you got to do is try to make the tournament there. So for my forget about segment this week, I just want to say for these preseason injuries, man, you see a lot of guys, Cooper Cup, Joe Burrow, a lot of these guys um, getting injured in, in different camps. And football is a super unique sport in that aspect. Like you need to prepare. So you need to be performing at a high level to prepare for the season. But things happen when you're you know, competing hard and preparing for a season. So for the preseason injuries, I'm going to say forget about it. Yeah, and I definitely agree. You don't want to see injuries happening this early before the season even starts. And, you know, it's funny. I was looking at my Facebook memories, and it's like we saw Jordan Poirier go out with an elbow injury last year, and we kind of all just saw him bodies. We had a scare of Micah High before the regular season even started. It's just unfortunate because you really want to see what this team is capable of full strength as well as other teams too, right, because it adds to the level of excitement and the level of entertainment that exists with you all because the NFL at the end of the day – is a professional sports league, but it's also an entertainment industry. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you want to see the best product on the field. You don't want to see – I don't care. Listen, I don't want to beat the Bengals without Joe Burrow. I want to beat the Bengals with Joe Burrow. You know what I mean? And if we lose to Joe Burrow, then it is what it is. But at the end of the day, I don't want to go against the weak competition or the games that we're supposed to – I just want to be able to go against every single opponent and feel like we're the alpha male regardless, right? So in order to do that, you have to beat the best when they're at their best and when they've got the best available to be on the field to play against you, right? So if you guys are just now tuning in, you're live here in the sit-down, which we are live every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on the Built in Buffalo Networks Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. We've got more ahead in the show, including about Gabe Davis's breakout year potentially coming to us. And we've also got a little bit about Vaughn Miller's return, the slot receiver battle, and, of course, the return of the Blue and Red. So if you guys are just now tuning in, don't go anywhere just yet. Join us here in the comments. Don't forget that questions on Super Chat from YouTube are going to be prioritized. If you comment, you want to get your question seen, you want to get a comment seen, something highlighted, or you want to get a shout-out, well, we can highlight that for you with a Super Chat or a Facebook stars if you're watching on Facebook as well. So montage. We are uh, through getting saucy. We're through bada-bing, bada-boom, and we're through forget about it. Let's go ahead and let's just go right into the blue versus red scrimmage. You ready for this? Because I'll tell you what, last year was nuts. I remember being coming from downtown Buffalo last season, and it took me, like, I think, an hour and a half to get to the field. And, I mean, obviously Orchard Park is maybe a 20, 25-minute drive at most from where I'm at, but it was just packed because you got people coming from out of town to see the Bills at their stadium for the first time since, you know, that tough loss against Kansas City at that point. And with Vaughn Miller added to the team and all the all the hype that we had last season. How do you feel about the Blue versus scrimmage coming up tomorrow? Um, talk to us a little bit about what's going to be going on. We've got Built in Buffalo going to be there as well. So let's give the fans a little something and let's just kind of get into it, Montage. What do you got? Yeah, kind of what Sauce got touched on earlier, too. We got the promo with Duffs on our Facebook and Instagram. Head over there, give the posts a like and a share. They got a, we got a couple of buckets with two shirts in each, two sauces in each. We got $25 gift certificates. So if somebody wins them and you're going to the blue and red scrimmage, we can just have a delivery right there. Bada bing, bada boom. And, and there we go. But cool thing is getting back to the stadium. I'm going to be scouting out because newsflash, we're going to be there tailgating each and every week at the home games. So I got to go find us a spot tomorrow, see where on tailgate row uh, we want to set up and uh, see if we can make some stuff happen for you all out there. Um, you know, I was talking with uh, your cousin Joe, uh, Joe Duff out there. You know, he's got some exciting ideas where he wants to challenge a couple people to see if they can eat some spicy wings without drinking anything for, for a minute afterwards. So those are going to be some exciting things. I'm just excited to get back to the stadium. I don't want to spoil everything that we got in the works here, but I tell you what, Duff's Famous Wings, the best chicken wings. I went over to Sheridan Drive. Uh, for lunch, they were doing some upgrades on the building. Joe brought me in, uh, had a couple uh, pizza bites with the with the crew there. So uh, great folks over at Duff's Famous Wings. Obviously, uh, Sheridan Drive, the original, has the best chicken wings in Buffalo, as uh, rated by the Sauce God. And tomorrow we got, I think we have six to eight folks from Built in Buffalo all going to be there. We're going to be walking around during the during the scrimmage. Now this is. From what I understand and what I heard today, especially, this is going to just be a practice that's going to be run um, 
like a training camp practice at the stadium. So you may see Sean McDermott playing a defensive coordinator role and head coach role at different times. They're going to have folks like the coaches up in the booths where they need to be to test out those communication things. It's a dress rehearsal. So they, they want to get the players in a game day routine. Guys are going to figure it out how to prep and, and be ready for, for an evening game. Um, and some of these guys are going to be dressing in the home locker room for the first time of their career in their careers, um, first time as a Buffalo Bill. So a lot of those things are going to be the focus initially to get everything ironed out. But then they get out there on the field. We get to see a little red on blue scrimmage action. Um, get to see some guys like Gabe Davis in person, see where he's going to be this year healthy. We're going to see Kyrie Elam out there uh, in in the CB2 battle with Christian Benford. So those two guys will be out there. And then everyone's favorite, obviously, Josh Allen's going to be out there slinging the rock. And, you know, we'll see a little Dalton Kincaid magic, hopefully. What I'm excited about, too, is some of the speed that we've got this year. We're going to see guy like Deontay Hardy that we haven't necessarily seen before. So I'm looking for all these things. Um, I'm very excited. 5.30 at Highmark Stadium. Got to have a ticket. Tickets are free. They were sold out. There's a ton of people on Twitter now that are saying they have last-minute things coming up and they're not going to be able to make it. So make sure if you want to go, you get out there, talk with your Mafia members, get a ticket, and, and come out and say hello to us. If you see us, I'll be decked out in built-in Buffalo gear. Um, so you won't be able to miss me. Um, you, you'll recognize the faces of some of these other guys. We're going to have podcast writers, live show host. My man, Peter DiBiase, is going to be out there with Sauce God and I. We're going to have Ben Shook, who's a sports, Buffalo sports banter, does that for us and, and a lot of other things. Uh, I'm going to finally get to meet in person our guy, Izzy, who does the Red Zone Report on Sundays. I believe T is going to be there as well. Hopefully she's going to be there. I haven't heard from her yet. But uh, then also... Um, our guy, Matt Greco, who's Witty Not Funny Sports on the on the X there um, and does that podcast for us. So just a lot of folks, hopefully all in one area and uh, you know, try to get a nice uh, BIB team shot there. So uh, we'll have to see what Kroom Photos is up to, see if he could take a break from the field and, and shoot some BIB team members over there. I think, dude, that sounds mad exciting because, like, I'm looking forward to meeting Maddie, who's actually got a really great podcast, the Witty Not Funny Podcast. If you guys haven't already checked it out, do yourself a favor and check it out. I mean, I, I really, I actually thoroughly listened to this most recent episode. I, I think they really bring a funny take on a lot of stuff, and you know, they're really unapologetic. And I like the way that those guys go about their biz. And same can be said with people like T and Izzy. And uh, I'm excited to meet Izzy for the first time as well. And I'm uh, excited just to kind of be there with the whole Built of Buffalo crew, like, and, and, and be out there because, you know what, we're, we're out there to have fun, guys. And uh, you, you'll see me out there with my Sauce Guy jersey on. It, and don't think that it's a Gabe Davis jersey. You know, like, the kids just think that, you know, Gabe Davis all of a sudden took on the nickname of Sauce Guy. And Gabe Davis, if you're watching this, I love you very much, but I'm Sauce Guy, all right? So that's all I got to say about that. But, guys, check us out tomorrow at the return of the Blue and Red. And, Montage, I have a funny feeling. I'm going to say right now, I think that there's a possibility that we're going to see the, the red helmet put on Josh Allen like he did last year. Um, and I also, too, want to say shout out to last season's return of the blue and red because I actually got a chance to meet the founder of Built in Buffalo, Dave Myers, and that was the first chance I got to, uh, to chop it up with him, and that was really cool, too. So if you guys are just now tuning in, you're live here in the sit-down on the Built in Buffalo Networks Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. This is presented by Duff's Famous Wings, as Mafia Montage said. The best wings in all of Western New York, which in my opinion, that means the world, right? Because we are the originators of the chicken wing. But they are also my highest rated wing. I actually gave them a perfect 10, which people gave me shit for. But it's, it's because 1969, it's a right? Something like that, dude. It's been in the family for a long time. And, and I got I got a real love for tradition. And I got a real love for, you know, like we were talking with Shoop about the 9-11 Tavern, which I'm dying to check that out as well. Um, and, and like the kind of tradition they've had, they've only had two people cooking wings for, you know, like 50 years or something like that, which is crazy. So montage, we're live here in the sit down. And like I said, we're live every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is also available via audio podcast. You can follow me on all social media platforms at Buffalo Sauce God and as well as my guy, Mafia Montage on Twitter at Lance Nelson B.I.B. And so let's move on, I think, here into our next segment, unless you've got any comments that you want to highlight real specifically. But we got to get into the rise of Gabriel Davis here in victory formation. Yeah, I just want to pull up our, our guy, Buffalo Bobby, saying hello. So what's up, brother? Actually, uh, text me in a little bit here. 
and let's see what you're doing tomorrow. I didn't uh, didn't get to get yes, montage. So yes, get a hold of us. That's what I meant to talk about gonna, first too. We'll uh, we'll get a hold of him. He knows where we live. All right, yeah. brothers. Here and we of go. Course, you, know, you ready for this victory formation or what? Let's kick it off. Formation during the NFL's regular season will consist of the offensive keys to the game, which I'm sure if you guys have watched the last season of the sit-down, we actually really like to break down what we expect the Buffalo Bills to do or what they need to do ahead of the game. But right now in the offseason, we've had a few different ways that we go about these segments, and this one is one that I'm excited to talk about. So I'm going to let Montage talk first about it because, you know, I'm a big fan of 13. I wear 13, and I've been a big advocate for this kid since – uh, he was drafted by the Bills in 2020. So this week we're going to talk about Gabe Davis in victory formation and the potential breakout season that could be upon us. Montage, give us your take. Do you think that Gabriel Davis is primed for a breakout season, and why do you think so? Yeah, absolutely. I think that um, he was – it's hard for me to really put too much stock into this whole he was injured last year thing because, as you know, our founder Dave will say, uh, having an ankle injury doesn't – uh, make it harder for you to catch the ball with your hands. It's two different things. But, um, and then I also saw I, like Isaiah Hodgins played a game with like an ankle fracture or something and still had like eight catches for some yards. So I think that I'm ready for the healthy Gabe Davis to get out there. Um, we know the preparation has been put in by him. He is a consummate professional. He works harder than anybody else out there. And what the cool thing that we're seeing in the preseason this year is he's working on some of those other routes other than just a deep route. So, you know, his, his specialty is running the post, I would say he, and, and he runs a pretty good post crosser and, uh, and a go route. His, his average, um, you know, depth per target is very up, very much up there with the, with the tops in the league. So he, he usually is getting deeper passes where he goes up and, and makes a catch and then doesn't get a, a lot of run after the catch, the rack, so or the yak yards after catch. So I want to see, you know, if they're going to put him in those situations to maybe run more of a quick out pattern or a quick hitch, something where he can get the ball in his hands and then see what he can do with it afterwards. So that's where I think the rise of Gabriel Davis is going to come in. Um, I think that we uh, – I should probably spell his name right first. That would be good. But um, – Anyway, so I think that the the difference in some routes that he may be running this year and the difference in the uh, philosophy in the offense with all these different weapons is going to attribute to Gabe Davis bursting out of the scene a little bit more. More of that swagger that we saw in that huge game he, can, he had against Kansas City. And I think that with all the weapons out there, we're not going to need him to do just one thing all the time. And so far in his career, we've just asked him to do that that one thing that he does well, and that's it. So now um, can maybe get him a little more versatility and really see his whole game develop. And um, what are you most excited about um, watching Gabriel? Well, actually – in fact, I got a couple of talking points that I want to get into right now. But if you guys are just now tuning in, don't forget to hit that like and share. Also, join us here in the comments. You're live here in the sit down. Presented by Duff's Famous Wings. But Montage, um, a couple of comments real fast. So before I get into my main point here of what kind of season I expect out of Gabe Davis, I disagree with the statement that an ankle injury does it doesn't really affect your hands as much. I think that when you don't have confidence in your footing, and I'm sorry, ankle injuries. They linger. I've had ankle injuries my whole life. In fact, it's like the only thing I think I've ever actually fractured in my whole life was my ankle. And it just, when you don't have your footing correct, I think it just doesn't set up for that correct platform for you to kind of haul that ball in. Because I know that Gabe Davis has sure hands. I've seen it. Isaiah Hodgins, yes, I know that he, like you said, he played with a fractured ankle and, you know, still caught a pass. But Isaiah Hodgins is a different He's a different athletic. He's he's two inches taller, basically. I'm pretty sure Gabe Davis is about six two, maybe six three. But Isaiah Hodgins is said to be about six four, six five, six six, somewhere in that range, right? So he's a bigger dude. Not saying that you know an ankle injury is not going to hobble for a bigger dude. I'm just saying I think that 
you know, he can maybe kind of just haul in something a little bit easier in the sense that Gabe Davis makes those sideline catches. He makes those big plays. And I remember when he was falling backwards in that, you know, what we thought was going to be the game-winning touchdown against the Kansas City Chiefs, and he catches it, right, with like kind of like that, pay, that post route that you talked about. And I think that that just shows right there how sure of hands. I'll give you another catch that I really believe in his sure hands of. And that was against the Indianapolis Colts in the playoffs of 2020, in which we had our first uh, home play. I'm sorry, our home, our first playoff victory. And we also had our first home playoff game in however long at that point, which was incredible to see, right? But Gabe Davis was the unsung hero that first half. And now that brings me to my second point for what kind of season do I expect out of him? And this is being unbiased, but I'm sitting here and I'm kind of getting this like, this like feeling of Larry Fitzgerald and Quan Bolden. When they both played for the Arizona Cardinals, were probably really a 1A and 1B. I think Larry Fitzgerald really was the 1A because Larry Fitzgerald, in my opinion, is, is the better all-time receiver. And I think that Larry Fitzgerald was – the guy's got no drops over his career, right? I mean, Anquan Bolden is a champion, whatever you want to say. But Larry Fitzgerald played with some terrible Cardinal teams, and he was always, always a sure-handed guy, right? But I think that, like, when I say that those kinds of uh, those kinds of players in those kinds of seasons is because those guys had – you know, 1,000-yard seasons each, you know, almost close to like 100 yards. So, kind of something like Tyreek Hill and and um, and Travis Kelsey, right, you know, with the amount of yards that they get, the amount of targets they get, the amount of receptions they get. I do think that Gabriel Davis is going to have, I think, over 1,000 yards this season. He is in a contract year, and I don't want to always believe that contract year has something to do with it, but let's just say that it does. And I think that with a healthy – healthy ankle, healthy foot, whatever it may be, I think that he's going to be able to just contribute – um, I think Stephon Diggs is going to garner way more attention this season, which obviously he's always going to garner more attention, but I think he's going to garner even more attention this season because I think the teams are going to get this impression that we we don't go to Diggs, we don't win football games. You know what I mean? Like that's when we have the woes. But I think that Gabriel Davis is going to pick up in that department, and that's kind of what he did in that playoff game against Indianapolis. He kind of carried that load for the receivers until the other guys woke up. I think that Gabe Davis is – Stud, I said when we drafted him in 2020, I, I watched tape of one game, and that was when he played for the UCF um, Golden Knights or whatever it is. He was playing against LSU, which was a much superior program, much superior defensive backs. He didn't have a good quarterback throwing his way, but this dude was constantly open, and his hands were insane, and his sideline skills were impeccable. And I thought that we had an A-plus grade for drafting him at where we did. You know, we got him in the fourth round, and that was a deep receiver draft, obviously. Guys like Justin Jefferson, you know, Jerry Judy, CeeDee Lamb, those kind of guys. Um, Davis has he, Gabe Davis has to run deep routes because his short, immediate route running is subpar. Hate to say it, and that's okay. You know, you don't need a guy to come out and do everything, but Gabe Davis can do most of what you ask him to do. I think that he can go over the top, and like Montage said, he runs a great post route. But let's just see exactly what he's capable of. And he's only coming into what is his his third? This is his third season, correct? Yeah. No, this is fourth season. Yeah, fourth. But yeah, fourth I think season. there's room. I, mean, I, I said this in the chat too. Is there's room for improvement? And so that's why we're talking about the rise of Gabe Davis is because he's now going to take those steps. He's working at it. You can see him working with digs and working after the practices to, to improve those routes that he's not so good at. He's getting the, the uh, education from Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen on where he needs to be and how he needs to approach his routes for those intermediate medium and short routes. Now, I'm not saying he's going to be able to run every route in the route tree. I don't think that's probably ever going to be his game, but if he can add some things to it, and I think he's already much better at as a full receiver than maybe some people think. I mean, Stefan Diggs said that if he wasn't in Buffalo, that Gabe Davis would be the true number one receiver. And I know that, you know, they're teammates and he's got to pump up this guy, but he also isn't just going to say that about anyone. He's not out here saying Khalil Shakir is going to be the number one. You know, it's he, he's singling out Davis, and we saw what Davis could do and how dangerous he could be in that Kansas City game. So I, I agree that Gabe Davis is by no means the uh, perfect receiver, but that's what we're talking about here, the rise of Gabe Davis coming from being that per perceived number two, but not good enough number two, to being solidified as 1B on this roster when it comes to receiving court. I think that that's what uh, Soscott was kind of alluding to with the Fitzgerald and Bolden um, comparison is that we're going to have a 1A, 1B type of tandem here, and that's what we're looking to see out of Gabe Davis. We know his shortcomings, what they have been in the past, but he's working at them to correct them. And just like Josh Allen every year, 
he picks something, Josh Allen picks something every year, it seems like, to just get better at. And and so seeing Gabe Davis kind of take the initiative and last year, all we saw was him out there with the jug machine and catching balls all. And then he comes into the season and he starts dropping somewhere like, what the heck? You've been catching balls all summer from your jugs machine and now you're dropping them on the field. So I think that, you know, putting the injury stuff away, it's no longer an excuse, no longer going to be talked about and having him be more of a complete receiver and he's working at those other routes in the route tree other than more of the deep routes so i'm excited to see that his short and intermediate route running improves and that's what we're talking about in the rise of gabriel davis is the improvement of those areas where we didn't think he was as good as the deep route um so i think that's kind of what we're saying i do want to get to one more comment quick while we're still in the victory formation. And if you guys have more uh, comments, please keep them coming. We love to talk about what you want to hear. So um, our guy Cam coming in, anticipating more of a James Cook breakout. Dude, I'm totally sure. up for that, Cam. I, I really understand. Um, you know, we did want to highlight Gabe Davis because we just think that the work he's putting in, what we're seeing at the training camp is absolutely going to set him up. And to, and I think too, with, super you know, here. we kind of had all that anticipation about DeAndre Hopkins for a long ass time. You know what I mean? So like, I think that that's kind of why we look at that wide receiver two position so much, especially behind Stefan Diggs, because we saw when, when Stefan Diggs, targets weren't really there. We saw the woes come out last season. And I think that that's a really big place that you can address the woes is by having a consistent wide receiver number two, especially if you have a consistent slot receiver too, which, Hey, I think that we got a real good shot at doing as well uh, this year, which we're going to talk about that slot receiver battle coming up as well, guys. But um, I want to say back to that James Cook comment, you know, Dalvin Cook obviously has been rumored to be interested in signing. He was, he met with the jets. Um, you think that maybe like that adds like a level of competition to Dalvin or sorry, to James to kind of like, you know, he wants to be the better back in the AFC East, and he's kind of like tired of hearing about his brother and this and that, and he's ready to take over RB1. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think James Cook's an absolute stud. He's never really been the bell cow, even at Georgia when you look at it. But the things he can do very well that we can use are, you know, coming out of the backfield and then splitting out and being a, re a receiving back, you know. So it's another pass catcher, if you will, you know, to talk about, um, Similar to a Christian McCaffrey type of workload, you think? Sure. Bean and McDermott kind of alluded to, well, we're just getting pass catchers. We're not the this positionless type of offense and things like that. And now we have another sort of unicorn in Dalton Kincaid, right, where he's a tight end, but he's really a big slot receiver, and he has all these different things, and nobody knows where to define him. So don't define him. He's a pass catcher. That's the best we could say. James Cook is going to be electric um, in the passing game but also has that speed and, and the ability on those stretch and outside zone plays and even inside zone, Alan was mentioning in his press conference today. So I think that, you know, seeing Cook come in and start to get some of these touches um, that Devin Singletary was getting, it's going to surprise a lot of folks. I think Cook's going to be very good. Um, and I think maybe that is one of the most underestimated parts of this offense this year is seeing what James Cook can do. I just want to go back and put a bow tie on this Gabe Davis discussion because we do have guys in the comments here making good points. My man, uh, Lurch McHoman's out here talking about how the um, slot receiver just kind of wasn't there to pull people away from Gabe Davis. And so that's kind of what uh, attributed to him having less success. And I agree. And I don't think that the um, that targeting Gabe Short would, and so what, cam saying here is that targeting gabe wouldn't benefit the offense i'm not sure if that it wouldn't benefit but if you need a guy that's sure-handed and can win on contested catches i mean that's gabe davis he can make contested catches he has now normally it's been 40 yards down the field on the sideline when alan's scrambling in a scramble drill but there's nothing to saying that he can't run a quick hitch and that he can't you know kind of get get opened on some of these routes you have now hardy and kincaid and knox that'll kind of take some attention away. And we're going to get to the whole slot wide receiver thing in a little bit here. But I think that, you know, having Gabe Davis have the capability to run some of these things. And maybe if Stefan Diggs isn't on the field, he can kind of take that role and running some of those routes. There's probably better receivers on the roster suited for that role. 
But if we're able to do it with Gabe Davis and have any success, that's not a bad thing in my opinion. I definitely agree with that. And I think that, you know, we everybody's making great comments. And by the way, if you guys are just now tuning in, you're live here in the sit-down on the Built in Buffalo Network. Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. This is presented by Duff's Famous Wings, hosted by myself and the Mafia Montage. Every Thursday night, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and available via audio podcast wherever you may get your podcast. This episode is available if you're not able to catch the live with us on Thursday nights. You can listen to this at any moment at your leisure. So we're live here, and we've got our next segment ahead of the pain trains. But if you guys are out there still watching, keep those comments flowing because we've got more ahead. And We've got more to talk about as far as the return of the blue and red one more time at the very end of the show. So don't go anywhere, guys. We've got more ahead live here in the sit down. Love that sound. I hope they play it at the stadium tomorrow. Yeah. So pain trains, which we were just doing victory formation, which is normally our offensive keys to the game during the regular season. And you'll see that return as well as the pain trains defensive keys to the game returning when the NFL regular season starts as well for the Buffalo Bills. But this week we're going to talk about the un uh, I shouldn't say unsung hero, but the guy that we absolutely need on that football field more than anything because of his leadership, his championship level of play, his experience and the overall impact that he has on the field defensively. There's been a lot of news about Vaughn Miller possibly returning for week one after suffering a torn ACL last season in which we thought he was going to potentially return for the playoffs, but it turned out it was a torn ACL and he had to miss the remainder of the NFL season last year. And this year, we didn't know if he was going to maybe come in week one, week five, but at the moment it appears he might be ready to go for week one. Montage, what do you got for us on the return of Vaughn Miller? Yeah, I'm just excited about this. I, I brought up this topic a little bit because I just want to say that all the naysayers out there are saying, you know, when I'm giving an opinion on Twitter, on Facebook, or on this show, or on the Buffalo Blitz, it's an opinion. My opinion is that I'm choosing to believe that Von Miller is going to return and be here for week one. He's saying the right things off the field. It's seemingly that his mental is intact, and it, all he needs to do now is get the clearance from the doc, the full clearance from the doctors physically, which if you look at some of the pictures that are being released, looks like he was bending a little bit the other day and said, I'm close. And you, you know, have McDermott and Bean being asked about it. They acknowledge he's close. It's still a possibility he returns week one. Now, the thing I wanted to talk about is what are we going to look out for to give us signs? Right now, he's on the pup list, physically unable to perform. So he has to come off of that list. They're going to, in order for him to play week one, they're probably going to want to ramp him up. So he's probably going to need to see some preseason action. Uh, he's going to at least need to be practicing in the preseason, maybe a few snaps in a game. Who knows? But he's going to have to get ramped up there and get some meaningful snaps, or really unmeaningful snaps, in the preseason to then give him the confidence and get back when the lights are on for real. So I really think that the – the, the mojo is in the right direction. Von Miller's happy. He's healthy. He wants it. And we play the Jets week one, a divisional game. There's six, 17 games in a football season. You can't just say, let's sit them out for the first four and have a guarantee that those four games aren't going to cost the first four games. We have two divisional opponents. And I believe they're all against AFC East or all against AFC teams as well in the first four. So all this stuff matters for playoff seating to even make the playoffs in the beginning. We got to, we got to beat these teams. We don't have the luxury of sitting back and, you know, playing nobody in the first four weeks, first four weeks at New York versus Las Vegas. There it is at Washington. I knew that. So three out of the four and then week four, home against Miami if he stays on the pup list now we're missing three conference games two divisional games and then a meaningless game that we should win against Washington but you I just don't there's no meaningless games in the NFL regular season every game is important and especially the first four of these schedule to go a long way to dictating how the Bills season and how the trajectory goes in the playoffs so I understand that we've made the playoffs and we've won the East 
for the last three years, and it seems like with Josh Allen, it doesn't matter having Von Miller or not, and we're just going to walk into the playoffs. But that's not it. They got Aaron Rodgers on the other side of the ball in New York. All right? Tua's healthy in Miami. Who knows what we're going to get out of Las Vegas? There's one of those teams where you don't expect them to do much, but if Garoppolo finds something early with Devontae Adams, they can beat you. You gotta they have, have a your good best receiving court. The they do exactly. You know, you gotta have your best players on the field, and Von Miller is the best defender we have on the on our team, and we need him on the field, plain and simple. If he's healthy and he's able to go, we need him to play. Even he if he, even if he's on a pitch count the first four weeks and he's playing in situational snaps, it's still that threat, that closer, that ability to be out there and have to focus on him. If he's out there. You have to pay attention to him. And now Gregory Rousseau has taken another, another step this year, potentially. You had at Oliver. You've got uh, Jordan Phillips potentially coming back in there in the middle as another pass rusher. Tim Settle's having a, a good uh, summer in camp so far. So you have these guys, you got Puna Ford and Daquan Jones, who are more of the heavier stuffer kind of guys. But, uh, you know, Puna Ford's out there getting interceptions taken into the house. So you don't, you know, our defensive line is stacked, and I totally understand that. But I don't understand not putting your best players out on the field starting week one when you're going against a divisional opponent in the New York Jets on prime time. I think you absolutely need him out there. And if he's playing three plays the whole game, I don't care. I, I think that he's going to be out there, have situations where he's out there, and He's a th he's part of this team and part of the scheme that the Bills roll out on Sundays, and there's no reason in my mind not to play him. There's no let's just coast until we get to the postseason and then play everybody. That's just not how football works. You've got to put your best foot forward in every game because they're the other teams are trying to win too, you know. And and Von Miller gives us the best chance to win each and every game, and I think that he's going to be out there um, showing what he's got. I think, too, the thing that people don't understand about football is that the thing that I don't I don't like about football is that we've become so afraid to have guys out there because of injury. And I understand the thing that people probably don't understand, actually, is that the game is much different right now than it was back in the 80s or the 90s. Because back then, you know, the game wasn't as violent in the sense that we weren't as fast and everything in the 80s and the 90s as guys are now. And they weren't as big and strong as guys are now. Right. So. The game has become more violent in that regard. But back then also, too, you know, they were just loading guys up with painkillers, you know, shooting them up with whatever the fuck to get them to come back out because that's what they had to do. They had to go out there and perform, and they didn't have the types of uh, rights that they do now in, you know, leagues like the NFL, NBA, and MLB with their unions, right? But I think the thing that people are saying about Vaughn Miller that aggravated me the most was that he's made of glass. Like, what are you talking about? This guy's consistently on the football field. You know what I mean? It's it, it, Injuries happen. It's sadly, it's a part of the game of football. And, you know, it's unfortunate the way that it went down, but Montage and I saw him at training camp last Friday. And even though he's not really participating, he's participating. He's out there still running on the sideline. He's out there talking with people. He's out there talking with the, you know, his teammates as well. So this is a guy that is not only dedicated to his team, right, but he's dedicated to being on the football field. He was so dedicated that he tried to make it seem like he didn't tear his ACL last year and he was going to be ready to come back on the football field. Vaughn Miller is a tough SOB, and there's no question about that. This guy put fear in, in the heart of Cam Newton to the point where Cam Newton was never an MVP quarterback again, and Cam Newton's a big freaking dude. He's 6'5", 6'6", 250, but Vaughn Miller is just, he brings that clutch factor. He brings that level of he, he's been there. He knows how to help a team get over that hump because he did it for the LA Rams. He did it with the Broncos. I mean, the Broncos defense is what won that Super Bowl. It wasn't Peyton Manning. You know, it was obviously a great story seeing Peyton Manning go off in the wind like that, right? But Von Miller, if he's ready to go week one, which I think he might be, I think he's going to be out there 100% because, like you said, it's the Jets week one. The Jets, it's not supposed to be a walk in the park. The way that their defense is built, the way that they have shaped their team, and the way that they are kind of turning around their culture over there in New Jersey as well, right? So you can't afford to take a game off. We can't afford to take a bad – we can't afford any of that because any given Sunday, any team can come out there and whoop your ass. You want to, You want two examples? The Bills against the Jags a couple years ago, we were a 16.5-point favorite. Well, that game sucked right from the jump. Or how about when we uh, had Josh Allen rookie year 
against the Vikings. The biggest money line upset in Vegas history at that point, plus 1,600. Okay? So all I'm saying is any team can come out there. That's why I don't overlook the, the commanders either. I think that with them changing up owners and stuff, I think there's a lot of excitement going on with that franchise. The possibility of them changing back to the Redskins name, by the way, too. Um, and I just think that this team has seen how hurtful it can be when you overlook your opponents and when you kind of start to believe that you're just going to be the better team because we were supposed to be way better last year. I'm not even going to lie to you guys. Yeah. Last season was underwhelming in the sense that we were supposed to be much better. We were supposed to be out there, and, and I never felt like we had the offense last year to really get – and I hate to say it, but it's the truth. I never felt like we had the offense to get to the Super Bowl like we did in 2021 or 2020, right, because we have the Wolves. Which is weird because we only lost three games by a total of eight points. So, I mean, we're really competitive every week, and that's the thing is, like, you know, when we're playing on Monday Night Football against the Jets, um, we can use Vaughn in the fourth quarter, let's say four minutes to go. You know, Rodgers has got the ball now. You need that one last stop to kind of put the nail in the coffin. Having 40 out there is going to help a heck of a lot more than not having him out there. So even if he, you know, Cam saying he likes the pitch count idea, yeah, you know, 15, 25% of snaps just to start week one, have him in the starting lineup. It's all that optics, feel good kind of stuff. So you know, just that that's the kind of the approach I have. And listen, it's my opinion based upon what Von Miller's telling me, based upon what uh, Brandon Bean's telling us, that there's a possibility for him to be out there. Now, is it maybe because Von Miller is my favorite player on the team right now outside of Josh Allen? Sure, absolutely. A little bit biased there. But I'm not going to say that having, you know, that we shouldn't have Von Miller out there because we're worried about it. Like, you got to have our best players out there to win games and we got to beat divisional opponents. That's all I'm saying. We have to beat the jets and the dolphins. We play each of those teams once in the first four weeks. Can't afford to not have Von Miller out there for those games. Yeah. And especially too, because the jets like first four or five games are really, really tough. Like their, their schedule is really tough to start out the year. So if they start out and one, you know, they already have an uphill battle and that just sets us right away deflating their egos because, you know, there's so much hype that goes into the Jets, right, that I want Vaughn Miller out there absolutely making Aaron Rodgers, uh, like, question the fact that he came into the AFC East, right? That's what I want, and that's what Vaughn Miller does. And, yes, Greg Rousseau has that capability too, but we see that more with Vaughn on the field. Like, like you know, as you were saying, when Forty's on the field, this team is just – this team is going to perform better. This team is going to show up differently, and this team is going to be – I don't know. I just feel like we have the right mindset, especially with him on this football team. And I love the fact that we brought him here. But if you guys are just now tuning in your life, you're going to sit down on the Built-in Buffalo Networks Facebook and Twitter, presented by Duff's Famous Wings, and live every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on that Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, Built-in Buffalo, which we also have a TikTok, Instagram. And we have all sorts of content coming out, whether it's Bill's News, whether it is entertainment. We've got podcasts. We've got all that for you guys here at Built-in Buffalo. Make sure to turn those notifications on. Subscribe to us if you haven't already done so follow us like us and all the above and turn those notifications on one more time let me remind you because you don't want to miss the sit down or any of the exciting content coming out of built in buffalo so montage let's move on into our next segment of the unsung hero Deontay hardy khalil shakir trent Sherfield. A little taste of Dalton Kincaid, right? We've already talked a little bit about this slot receiver battle that is going on right now in training camp, and I actually had a chance to talk a little bit with Shoop about that. If you guys haven't already seen that video, um, check it out on our YouTube or our Facebook as well. Myself and Shoop talking a little bit about this uh, this topic right here. But for this week's Unsung Hero, which normally we give you the week's Unsung Hero that we expect or the previous game, of course, right? But this week we're going to talk a little bit about Deontay Hardy, Khalil Shakir, and Trent Sherfield. So – I've seen a lot of good things out of Sherfield. Uh, I'm I'm looking to see a little bit more out of Hardy, but I know Hardy's still got a lot of excitement kind of coming behind him. But year two for Khalil Shakir, who had a great rookie campaign, in my opinion, for the reps that we gave him. And I thought that we could have gave him more last year. So this is an important battle that goes on, especially for this role in the offense, because like we talked about before, how it can release pressure from Gabe Davis, how it can also make the game easier for Stephon Diggs. Montage, talk to us. What do you got going on for the slot receiver battle with these three? Yeah, I'm excited to see Deontay Hardy kind of stretch the field a little bit. Josh Allen spoke in his press conference today a little bit about Hardy and how they're feeling out and that, you know, Hardy's more than just a gadget guy. 
and he's a really good route runner and receiver. So I'm excited to kind of see a little bit tomorrow at the on the blue and red. I didn't get to see a ton uh, of Hardy at training camp when I was there. I was focusing on other things. I wanted to take a look more at the uh, offense and defensive linemen and see kind of the rotations and personnel packages. So I didn't watch a ton of, ton of Hardy uh, up close and personal, but I do want to see, um, you know, how they use him in the packages they throw him out uh, tomorrow at the blue and red scrimmage. I think it's going to be very exciting. The thing that I think everyone's saying, and we've been saying this for the next last couple of weeks since um, Naeem Hines went down, is that if Hardy has to take over on special teams, does that now hinder his contribution on offense? You know, my opinion would be if we could find someone else with enough skill and sure-handedness to take care of the special teams duties, because they put, just implement that rule. You could just call a fair catch inside the 25 and call a touchback. We don't mind going 75 yards. We don't need kick returns. We got a dynamic offense. Go out there, fair catch it, get back, get the ball to Josh Allen. We don't need, uh, you know, kick returners. Now, I will say, oh, obviously those Naheem Hines plays last year 100% flipped the game and were able to see us, um, you know, win those ga- the game against the Patriots, let's say, uh, after the DeMar Hamlin deal. So Naeem Hines comes out, takes the opening kickoff back. You can't reduce that impact. The impact of having that ability is is substantial, but how substantial is the impact of a guy that can stretch the field out of the slot versus having a return man? Um, and John's coming in here. Uh, Andy Isabella's there. He can do some things too. We'll see kind of what Isabella gets integrated in and see, you know, what um, – what roles these guys are going to take. So Cam's coming in. Nice to have depth of slot rolling out Beasley on just a few days of practice. (laughs) Yeah. So I think it's great to have these three guys here. Really these three. And I'll say digs for now can play inside and out. Davis is more of, of your traditional outside guy, but with these, with these three here, you know, these guys can play inside and out. Um, Deontay Hardy, just with the speed that he has, is an absolute uh, gem. And I think that is going to be the unsung hero. He's one of the picks, um, more popular picks for people on guys to break out uh, from this Bills roster. Uh, You know, I think Khalil Shakir is a guy that we're all rooting for, but we still have to kind of see where his role is going to be, what kind of step is he going to take moving forward. And then out of the three, I'm actually most excited about Trent Sherfield. I want to see what he's going to bring. He's got a red zone presence about him. He does like to score some touchdowns. So I'm excited to see kind of how he can be integrated and used. And I think he's had a good rapport early on with Josh Allen, as have most of these guys. It, you know, Allen commented today that he's still learning with a lot of these guys, who, as well as Kincaid. But, you know, it seems like it looks pretty good for them still being in the learning phase. So imagine once they get it down, how nice it's going to look. Because right now, guys like Dalton Kincaid, look, what I would say and what everyone else has been saying, using the term smooth. And it's just nothing's too big for Dalton Kincaid right now, as Alan said earlier in his press conference. So I really like the guys. We have these three receivers and then Dalton Kincaid as a big slot receiver. Um, those options and, and the personnel packages and the groupings are just limitless right now for Ken Dorsey and the offense. So I'm, I'm very excited to see how this battle shapes up. And then kind of get an idea of what um, going into the Indianapolis game in the preseason on the 12th here, kind of what the depth chart looks like a little bit and and who maybe wins that slot wide receiver battle. Excellent stuff. I think, you know, obviously I talked about last week in the unsung hero that I expect Khalil Shakir to um, secure this uh, primary slot receiver role on this offense, as well as, uh, you know, take another step here in his uh, sophomore campaign. I think that Khalil Shakir again, for the where he was drafted and for the limited amount of reps that are available on this offense, right? Because we have we have to spread the football around somehow, and we've got a lot of guys out there that make plays, right? We have two tight ends that can make plays. We've got a lot of receivers that can make plays. But I think Trent Sherfield has definitely shown me a lot of um a lot of chemistry with Josh Allen, and I think that that's big right there. I think Deontay Hardy, again, we could see a little bit of uh, that role possibly you know, diminishing because of the fact that we expect him to possibly take over for 
the uh, primary return man duties, which, hey, if, at the end of the day, you got to still do your job in that regard, right? Because I think that punt returning and kick returning is one of the hardest things to do in the NFL. It, number one, to kick, you know, to catch the kick, and then number two, to to not get hit right away, right? So I think um, it's great to have that level of depth like we talked about before, but I think last year we had Jamison Crowder. He goes out due to injury, but we saw we he's, we saw the, the glimpses coming out of him, right, like the, the flashes. And I think that that kind of took away from the opportunities that we were kind of maybe expecting to maybe see for Khalil Shakir. But then also Isaiah McKenzie was there, too, who had already been in this offense. So I think that this just opens up the door to a guy that's already been there for now a year, two. And I think that we kind of like to show guys that have been there um, and the guys that we've groomed. I think we try to show them a little bit of that, uh, the opportunity, maybe just a little bit more because they've been in the system. They're groomed by us. We have, you know, we have a standard here at One Bill's Drive. So. I think, again, Kalusha here to me, is going to win this slot receiver battle. I think it's great, though, that we have this level of competition because iron sharpens iron. And I think it's great that we are entertaining right now here in the sit-down on the Built of Buffalo Network's Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, hosted by myself, the Sauce God, at Buffalo Sauce God, across all social media platforms and co-hosted by the also co-host of the Buffalo Blitz Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with Peter DiBiase and the president of Built of Buffalo at Lance Nelson, B.I.B., right here in the sit-down, presented by Duff's Famous Wings. That's going to take us into our next segment here of the weakest link never get old i promise you that will never get old as long as i watch mac jones get trucked by you know chandler jones right there i love seeing that right but weakest link is usually who was the weakest link of our team or the weakest link of our opponent during the regular season. And you'll see that alongside of pain trains, the unsung hero and victory formation returning in the regular season. But this week we're going to talk about Josh Allen taking it in August. What's the status report montage? Yeah, I had a play on the sideline when they ran kind of a trick play um, where they threw it to Allen and then Teron Johnson kind of ran through the play and knocked uh, Allen over, knocking the wind out of him. And whenever you're, $250 $250 million quarterbacks laying on the turf for any amount of time, you uh, you get a little antsy in your fancy. So you want to have uh, Allen upright as much as you can, obviously. And then the next day, um, they put the pads on and some defensive ends were really getting after our offensive line and kind of nicked up uh, Allen's ankle. Just uh, bumps and bruises right now. So nothing major to be worried about. He's obviously fine. He's been out there practicing and uh, we're going to see him out there with the blue and red scrimmage tomorrow. So a lot of cool things coming, and uh, and we're excited about um, you know Josh Allen being out there, but not so excited about him kind of taking these hits, getting the wind knocked out of him, and kind of getting nicked up here by our own guys in in August in a training camp uh, setting. Especially too, we saw Joe Burrow go down with a calf injury, which right now we don't know the status if he's going to be ready for uh, week one of the regular season. But there's actually some talk about. He's going to kind of like wait until his contract extension is done because we saw that Justin Herbert most recently received the uh, highest uh, salary uh, per year contract recently with a five-year, $262.5 million contract. So Joe Burrow is going to obviously get more than that. Um, And so you just don't want to see these kinds of things happening. I I understand that, you know, it is what it is. Mistakes happen. And obviously, Terry Johnson didn't mean anything by it. But I think, come on, guys, like let's, let's, let's keep our heads on out there. I understand it's hot. But let's just be professional. Let's go out there and just remember that we're not really trying to get after the red jersey. You know what I mean? Like red means stop. <laughs> like they show in the replacements. Red means stop until, you know, Keanu Reeves then tells um, and tells you that all of a sudden red, red means go. You know what I'm saying? So, Montage, we're going to move on to our next segment here just momentarily. But if you are just now tuning in, don't forget that like and share. Join us here in the comments. We still got a little bit ahead in this show as well as what's coming up here tomorrow night. And we've got NFL's first Preseason game coming on tonight after this show is concluded with the Jets and the uh, Browns. The Jets and the Browns for the preseason Hall of Fame game that happens every single year, and that is going to take place on, I believe, NBC tonight. So, Montage. Real quick before we get into the segment here, uh, the Browns did announce 37 players that aren't going to participate in the game today. So, you know, Watson and Chubb and those guys, Amari Cooper, are not going to play. And like we said with the Jets, Aaron Rodgers is not going to play and things like that. But it's football. um, it's all football. Yeah, we're going to see – the thing I like about it is we're going to see the guys out there that really have uh, something to fight for right now, really looking to make a positive impact on their team and on their coaches and on their own lives. 
So it'll be interesting. I love the preseason for this reason. You get to kind of see all the all the talented folks out there that and the athletes that are are trying to make it. And um and that's they're all good stories. They all have their own um um stories and and I'm excited to watch it. I'm gonna watch any form of football you can shove in front of my face for sure. Excellent stuff. I'm excited for it. But that's going to take us into our next segment, which is one of the usual ones that you guys are always waiting for. The Mafia Montage Maniac of the Week. Six foot one and a half, 191 pounds, runs 4.3 speed, 4.39. Sub seven Me? seconds on a three cone drill. Twenty-four Kyrie Elam is this week's Mafia Montage Maniac of the Week. Had a big day today. It's looking to win that CB2 role. I really think it's exciting to have Elam and Benford from the same draft. These guys are gonna be the starting tandem at some point, whenever Trey White decides that he's done playing football. Um I'm I'm looking forward to Kyrie Elam taking the reins of that CB2. He gives us a heck of a lot more in the press man coverage area. He gives us a lot of speed that he can cover, doing a really good job in Stefan Diggs, a couple of different reps uh, today in camp. So uh, this week's Mafia Montage Maniac of the Week is number 24, Kair Elam. We're looking for him to take over that CB2 spot and uh, play his best football coming up in this year. Excellent stuff. That's your Mafia Montage Maniac of the Week. And Bill's Mafia, tune in with us every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on the Built in Buffalo Networks, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. This is, of course, presented by Duff's Famous Wings, hosted by myself, the Sauce God, at Buffalo Sauce God, and also hosted by my guy, the Mafia Montage, at Lance Nelson BIB, the president of Built in Buffalo, and the co-host. Make sure to check him out Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with the Buffalo Blitz and Peter DiBiase. So Mafia Montage, Bill's Mafia, you guys can all check us out uh, at the return of the blue and red tomorrow at One Bills Drive, which it's great to be, be back. I don't care if it's practice. I don't care if we don't see a lot of action. It does not matter. It means that we are going to be in the stadium, and you guys are going to get a chance to meet guys like myself, the Mafia Montage, Peter DiBiase, Benjamin Shoup. I think he's going to be there as well, right? And then uh, oh, we got to go Matty Greco. Of course, a lot of the people were built in Buffalo. T, Izzy, I'm pumped, dude. It's just going to be a fun, fun time. So, guys, make sure if you see myself or any of us, holler at us. Come and get a picture with us. And it doesn't even matter. We like to interview as many people as we can at the events as well. So, check us out tomorrow. Of course, it'll be a lot of fun. We'll be a little warm, I think, as well, guys. Maybe some rain. So, be prepared as well. And next week's show, Mafia Montage and I are going to take a look at the Bills heading into the first preseason game because just a couple of days after next week's episode will be that first Bills preseason game against the Colts at home. And that means football is back. Make sure to enjoy football tonight, guys. And always, from us here in the sit-down, we'll see you next Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time in the Built-in Buffalo Networks Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter for the sit-down presented by Duff's Famous Wings, also available via audio podcast every single week. We'll see you next Thursday. Go Bills. Go Bills.